Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes y'all from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show that has been compared to Fight Club. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or, listen to us, or you are listening to us on the podcast which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice either way thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i am sitting here sitting over there back at the helm today as we're back in studio she is the duchess of the dorks she is ashley pickle howdy how are you i am good yeah yeah i got my blanket so i'm okay that's right you got your your grandma blanket yeah stuff like that it's cold it's very very cold (laughs) uh and I want to introduce him before we get into that. Let's uh, let's take a look. We have a live cam over in the Dave Campbell's Text Ball, Text Ball Day, Greg Powers Memorial Power Zone. Chong chong. We do! Sponsored by Chicken Express. <laughs> it's Greg Powers of Next Level Apple. Hey, buddy. What's up? Welcome in. Thanks for coming in. Glad on, to be on, here. On a cold day. Uh, today is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. 288 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1,107. 1,107 is the number of at-bats for Jim Spencer in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Uh, Wait, Jim Spencer? Jim Spencer. That's the uh, that's the weather guy down in Austin that I used to watch all the time growing I, up. I do not think this is the it's same guy. It's not the same one. This is uh, a guy who was uh, traded in May of 1973 from California to the Rangers. He then made the all-star team that year uh, and uh, flew out in the seventh inning of that game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he's uh, the all-star and uh, 1,107 at-bats for the Texas Rangers. How about that? On today's show, friends, we are going to announce the uh, team behind the team award winner, Presented by the Children's Health Andrews Institute. We're going to have that. Then we got our friend Greg Powers talking all things recruiting in the state of Texas, including uh, a very, 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 we talked, we mentioned this on Monday, but a very big week for the Aggies. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, a heater for the Aggies. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then uh, back half of the show, and Powers can join us for this one. I guess I haven't really uh, teed you up on what we're going to talk about, but uh, such is the way we produce this show. Happy to be here. Uh, we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about the uh, the UIL lifting the broadcast ban for 2020. They remember they did it for one year. 
as far as broadcasting live Friday night Texas high school football games. Uh, did it work? Did it not? We'll talk about that. We'll debate that coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door as you take a sip of your coffee? They're like, what a perfect <laughs> timing. I'm going to try to make it as inconvenient as possible uh, to like uh, get to you. So it's like, I need you to like turn your back and then I'll be like, do we have first four through the door? <laughs> do we have first four through the door? That's a lot of energy today. Uh, Rob Hadaway, Aaron Flynn, Tony Blaylock, and Ed Malkaroy. And another quick thing that Tony Blaylock let us in on. Happy birthday to Texas Bob. Oh! Bob McSpadden. Happy birthday, Bob. Happy birthday to Texas Bob of TexasBob.com. Uh, the great, the venerable TexasBob.com. Happy birthday, Bob. Um, okay. Let's do this first, Pickle. Uh, for the second year, Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with, with the Children's Health Andrews Institute to shine a light on student training programs across North Texas with the Team Behind the Team Award. This year, 11 finalists were selected to compete for the Team Behind the Team Student Training Program of the Year Award and a chance to receive a $2,500 donation to their school's athletic training program. We had voting at TexasFootball.com. We registered more than 95,000 votes. But now we are ready to announce the 2020 Team Behind the Team Award presented by Children's Health Andrews Institute. Boom. The Princeton Athletic Training Staff. Congratulations to Princeton. Uh, the Student Training Program of the Year presented by the Children's Health uh, Andrews Institute. Congratulations to them. They got the most votes, and so they will receive a $2,500 donation to their school's athletic training program. Very well deserved. You know, we talk a lot about uh, uh, that, that. You know, on this show, obviously, we focus a lot on the players and the coaches, uh, but there are those folks, especially the student, uh, the student trainers and the, the athletic training staff who do such an unbelievable job at all these Texas high school football programs across the state. Uh, but a very special congratulations to the athletic training staff at Princeton. I got to say, too, real fast, especially in a year like this. Oh, yeah. They deserve so much Working credit. It's, overtime. They do it anyway every single year. But to do it in a year like this where health protocols were literally at the forefront of everyone's mind, unbelievable job by athletic trainers everywhere. Really fantastic. Congratulations to all the participating schools. And thank you for all you do for your student to keep your student athletes safe and healthy year round. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. <clears throat> oh, that was a good one. No, it was. <laughs> I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Gruton. It's This Week in Recruiting. Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. See his fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. And, of course, this is brought to you by our good chicken friends at Chicken Express. Yummy chicken friends. Delicious, fresh. Delicious chicken, chicken friends. Very, very good. There's got to be a better way to say that. Uh, the no, cheese. I don't, I don't think I don't think there is. <laughs> I've, I've, Powers and I have had long meetings about this, and I just don't think there's a better way to say it than they are good chicken friends. I just always think about, like, what the menu items and which ones I like to get the most. <laughs> and one of the more underrated ones to me are the cheese sticks. I really like that. They have great you know cheese what? sticks I've there. I've never done it. You've never, I've never had their the good. cheese. I've had their. I've uh, my go-to 
is uh, I get the I get the, the four piece tender combo and I, then I add fried pickles. Okay. And the fried pickles. They're good. They're corn really nuggets. Good. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think corn I did nuggets those. are I've the done underrated those and really one. Good as well. But you know, I love me some mozzarella sticks. You like. just don't think mozzarella sticks when you think chicken and rolls and gravy, but they're really they're good. delicious. Mm. They're right. really good. Yeah. I think I know what I'm doing today. Uh, it's Greg Powers, an next level athlete. Uh, talk all things recruiting across the state of Texas, and there is a lot to get to. Let's start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise, uh, going down to Austin to talk about Westlake 2022 offensive lineman Connor Robertson. Uh, checking in at 6'4", 300 pounds. This is a guy who everybody, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's it's gradual and then all at once for recruiting sometimes. Uh, it seems like for Connor Robertson, we're in the all at once category. Uh, he received offers this week alone. From Nebraska, Minnesota, TCU, Wake Forest, Virginia, and USC, he already had offers from places like Texas, uh, like Mississippi State, like Houston, like SMU, like Duke, Kansas State. Uh, of course, he was a big part of the 6A Division One state champs there on the offensive line, and uh, when you do that, that's going to get you noticed. Well, everybody talked about the Westlake defense this year. I mean, they put up insane numbers. Cade Klubnik, great quarterback. Uh, Jaden Greathouse, one of the top underclassmen in the entire state, and sometimes what goes underlooked or most overlooked on a high school football team is the offensive front, and Connor Robertson was an anchor there, playing right tackle. He's a guy who is very strong at the point of attack, and here are the first three clips you'll watch on his highlight film. He's just kind of moving dudes around on the field. I love his pass set. I think it's on the third clip of this highlight tape where he just bare swats a guy uh, out of the way, and he just goes flying across the screen. This dude's super strong, uh, has the frame uh, that looks like he's going to probably move inside at the next level, but has some really good athleticism, is good at pass blocking and run blocking equally, and I think that's why you see so many different schools from so many different conferences, right? This guy's getting them from all over the country. It's not just like, well, the Big 12 is offering because he's runs or has really great feet well he's powerful and he has great feet so he's getting big 10 and acc and big 12 and pac 12 and sec mm -hmm. i mean his list is littered uh with great offers but not mentioned here and kind of did that purposefully so i could say it i saved it put it in my back pocket <laughs> he has ivy league offers too so he's a great student so congratulations connor for not only being a great uh, football player on the field, but his academics are squared away, and he could also play in the Ivy League. If yeah, most certainly. And and when you've got that kind of combination, um, you know, as far as being being obviously a, a state champion, uh, being a guy who who can can do everything you need to on the field, and then also taking a, a guy that for coaches, and I get I guess we just really can't stress this enough. For coaches who are able to just like, if you've got a guy from an from an academic perspective, that it's like I don't have to think about you. Like, I don't have to worry about you going to class. I don't have to worry about you making grades. I don't have to worry about you testing, you know, well enough. Like, to have a guy who's kind of set it and forget it like that, that's a huge advantage. for. And it's like, it's no wonder that when people find that out, then it's like, oh, okay, well, then I have no problem offering you, uh, you know, because that that's one of those things that's such an advantage. Coaches have so much on their plate. If you can just remove that for one guy, especially on the offensive line, it's like, okay, well, that's that makes the decision even easier. Yeah, no doubt. And bad news, people in 6A, Robertson and Klubnik and Great House, they'll all be back next year. Yeah, so enjoy <laughs> that. All right, let's get to our commit of the week. Our commit of the week is Bridgeland 2022 quarterback Connor Wigman. And and 
he commits to Texas A&M. And I do want to talk about Connor Wigman because he, he had offers from all over the place, including Auburn, Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, et cetera, all these different places. Maximum Bears. We've got him, we've got him as a four-star prospect uh, in, in Dave Campbell's Texas football, texasfootball.com slash recruiting. Uh, proven winner, all these things, right? He is a cog in what has been a really impressive wheel for the Aggies this week. Uh, we mentioned it on the Monday show, but the Aggies have been hotter than a firecracker on the recruiting uh, on the recruiting front since signing day. Like signing day was pretty good for them. They they locked up a lot of their 2021 guys in the early signing period. They were able to to get a couple more on on signing day, but since then they've gotten a number of outstanding playmakers. Most notably in the 2022 class, in my opinion, is Connor Wigman. It's almost like you're reading my notes on what my next article is going to be because the next article queued up to be released at texasfootball.com slash recruiting, Texas A&M off to a fire-hot in-state start in the class of 2022. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would describe it. You almost took the words basically right off of, right out of my mouth or right off of my notes page here. Good, we can move on. So we're, di- we're, dialed, <laughs> we're dialed in. They've done a great job. Malik Silla, defensive end from Katy, he's going to be in that five-star discussion. Connor is going to be in the uh, discussion to be the number two quarterback in the state behind Quinn Ewers. Who is it going to be, Klubnik or Wegman? That's going to be a debate that we need to have, and I think that's going to continue uh, throughout the year. As a matter of fact, I think those two quarterbacks probably put themselves in the discussion to be number one. You know, And the one thing that I love about Connor Wegman is his ability to extend plays uh, and make things happen outside the pocket or when things break down he's a he's a tremendous athlete he's a great baseball player smart cerebral has a good arm um, but he has those things that you look for when things aren't always going your way in the pocket Mm -hmm. he can get outside the pocket has great escapability seems to have a second nature for feeling pressure you know, and, and that's something that cannot be coached. You know, you can either feel the pressure and know what to do, or you can't. And he's one of those type of guys who just seems to step up uh, and make plays. And I think his statistics would kind of back that up. He's one of these guys that, you know, I think he threw for over 3,200 yards, rushed for around 600 yards, and scored upwards of 50 touchdowns uh, this season. That's just off the top of my head without – th- th- those numbers could be different, but it's in that – in that area. Well, and, and needless to say, I'm a fan. I mean, there was a big reason why Bridgeland was my kind of off-the-board pick to win uh, the 6A Division II state championship. Um, Wigman is such a, a, a gamer there. And, uh, yeah, he, he is uh, a big get for Jimbo Fisher and company under center uh, there. And, and Connor Wigman is, uh, is going to do big things as a senior and I would imagine uh, going to do big things uh, heading to College Station. 4,300 yards and 51 total touchdowns. Oh, okay. But other than that, he wasn't very good. No, not yeah. super impressive. Other, other than that, pretty boring. Uh, this, this week in recruiting with Greg Powers, the next level athlete here on Texas Football Today. Get involved the conversation hashtag tf today let's get to our underclassman of the week our underclassman of the week let's go to 2023 2023 wide receiver uh boo bam talk to about boo bam turner uh who is uh who picked up his first offer uh of uh this time from smu not surprising for the dallas product uh this is a guy in uh uh, duncanville uh, at duncanville who is the next big thing there in South Dallas. It is no wonder, by the way, just knowing what, how SMU tends to roll, uh, that they are going to uh, off, be the first in, in, in the door for a lot of these guys in the DFW Metroplex. Boobam Turner, Lontrell Turner is his name. 
but you can call him Boo Bam, and he has picked up his first offer. This is a guy I know you're pretty high on. Well, this is a kid that we've known about for a long time. He was like one of these guys that was uh, on the youth scene, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, and when your nickname's Boo Bam, people remember who you are, but he was on the varsity team as a freshman at Duncanville before he had a knee injury that ended his year. And that statement in and of itself kind of signifies the type of upside that this prospect has, right? There's not too many, if any, really players who get a chance to play or have varsity reps as a freshman at Duncanville. This is a team that may be the most loaded Mm -hmm. with prospects in the state year after year right now. Um, And, he had that breakout year. He was in our uh, DCTF Rising magazine. As I was wanting to pull it up and kind of look at it here to kind of go back through and see which prospects had gotten offers and which haven't. Back in 2019, December of 2019, he was a top 25 guy. And I think I, I counted 21 of 25 of those players now have offers that uh, Boo Bam picked up his first one from SMU. But I think that's just the tip of the iceberg for him. He's one of these guys who is very electric in the open field. Um makes tremendous plays with the football in his hand and has uh, carries himself with a certain swagger that he knows he's going to be able to be making big plays. And that's something that really sticks out to me when you watch his sophomore tape and to bounce back from that knee injury and also on a loaded team be, to be able to make an impact. That says something. So SMU's the first one, yeah. but it won't be the last. No, most certainly. Although, you know, look, SMU's made a lot of hay in the DFW Metroplex. SMU's made a lot of hay doing exactly this, which is getting in the door early and having the first word in the conversation. That's a big thing. I, I, I think back to, uh, for example, one of the guys who ended up being one of their highest-rated prospects in the class of 2021 in Preston Stone. Yep. I know he was, SMU was one of the very first to offer him. Uh, and if you talk with him, he'll tell you, he was like, yeah, you know what? Like the fact that they were on me early helped. And and that's, I, I think, what they're what they're trying to do here uh, with Boo Bam Turner. What? SMU picked up a commitment from Roderick Daniels from Duncanville, yeah. and I think this is the guy. Like, if you're just a te- not even talking about recruiting, you're a Texas high school football fan. You love following these teams. This is the kid who steps in now for Roderick Daniels, who has done great things there at Duncanville the last three seasons. This is the guy that they now turn to to fill that void, and I don't know mm-hmm. that they're going to miss all that much. Um, well, I mean, you lose Roderick Daniels, you're going to miss something, yeah. right? He's not only a. What I liked about Daniels' game is that he was well-rounded on the snaps where he wasn't getting the football. You'd like to see Boo Bam make that same development. Um, but when you're talking about excitability or elect- electricity, um, he has it, and he's going to be one of these guys that keeps you holding your breath when you watch Duncanville. Let's round it all out. Stay, go from South Dallas to North of Dallas uh, to Denton, to Denton Ryan, and their 2022 defensive tackle is it Keithian? I've never said yep. his actual first name. I thought that when I typed it. I was like, I don't is think it, I ever Keithian? knew his real name. We uh, just call him Bear. It's Bear. It's Bear Alexander. So thanks. Shout out to Bear. For, he has for, his own logo. I feel like yeah. he knows it. Shout out to Bear for, for giving us an, an easier out uh, than than, than uh, his, his, his actual first name. But it's Bear Alexander, their big defensive tackle. Uh, he is... Pull the trigger, and he is committed to Georgia. He had offers all over the place uh, from Texas, from A&M, from Alabama, from LSU, Ohio State, all over the place. Um, Now, he is a 2022 guy. He did commit on National Signing Day, 
That is non. So he didn't sign to be right. clear. Like I'm, you know, we're getting some things confused. National signing day was for 2021 kids. He is a 2022 kid. He cannot sign until the early signing period in December. But he's now committed to the University of Georgia, and Georgia is getting a big boy in the middle. Well, we briefly touched upon him on our national signing day show, but I thought his commitment was big enough that we needed to mm-hmm. make sure that we gave it some special mention, right? Because he had. He has those offers that we look at and say, "Oh wow, this guy's a national recruit." And he's also one of these guys at six foot three, three hundred twenty-five pounds. That I think we all got a sampling of the athleticism that he brings to the table um, in in the middle of the defense. Mm-hmm. There's not too many guys that have that size and move like him, chasing people down and throwing people around. And and I think he gets a little bit lost in the ranking shuffle right now when you're talking about top prospects. In the state, if he, you know, he played his freshman season at Terrell, didn't play a sophomore season when he transferred to Dallas Skyline and wasn't eligible at Denton Ryan until a certain portion of this season had passed. So there's just not a lot of tape and stuff to go on when you're looking at his ranking right now, but he, he's a rare find. Let's we'll just say it like that. He's a rare find, has all the talent in the world, and could be in the mix to I mean he should be in the mix to be a top five player in the state and I think he has the talent to to see that through um just about staying in a, in school and getting the reps to put it down on tape to where everybody can get on board with that yeah most certainly he's he's a guy that's certainly to keep an eye on and, and when you're that big and you move that well uh, you're going to get noticed and he is heading to Athens to be a part of the Georgia Bulldogs he's Greg Powers he's our mountain <laughs> uh, follow him on Twitter at G Power Scout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level D1. See his final work at slash recruiting, including your piece coming up here today. Today, today uh, about the Aggies' hot streak uh, on on the recruiting trail. So make sure you check that out slash recruiting. You can stick around and be part of our next. Let's do it. That was a prime example of someone tuning in for the show for the first time and hearing our mountain and his good chicken friends. <laughs> no, yeah, no, trust me. It's very much like parachuting in and being like, what in the heck? And if you're stuck on a mountain, there's nothing better to be stuck on a mountain with than Chicken Express. Good that, chicken dude, friends. That's dude, a selling point. Dude, right there. Like, let's Can we clip that and send that to Chicken Express? Yeah. <laughs> We're at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right, Pickle and Powers. Let's have a conversation about one of the things that I think was particularly unique about the 2020 Texas high school football season. Obviously, everything was unique about the 2020 Texas high school football season, but one of them was the allowance by the UIL for Friday night Texas high school football games to be broadcast live. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are just joining us, uh, before 2020, the UIL had a ban on broadcasting, televising, I should say. You can do, like, radio. But televising live Texas high school football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea being that um, there's a variety of different reasons for that. One of them, I think the biggest one, is that the schools, uh, they want to protect the gate revenue for the schools. The idea that if you cannot go, if you can't, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to a game, uh, but it's on TV, you'll stay home instead and you won't go spend your money on the ticket and the concessions and that is very important for the schools. That's one of the reasons. Well, in 2020, 
the UIL, because of the pandemic, they had to limit stadium, they had, uh, stadium restrictions mm-hmm. for how many fans you could have at the stadium. And as a result, there was going to be limited uh, gate revenue to begin with. So the UIL said, all right, for a one-time thing, one, one shot in 2020, we will lift the Friday night ban, and you are able to broadcast live Texas high school football games on Friday night. I'll just issue my positioning statement, which is, I think it was a pretty overwhelming success. And I think that if you were to talk to Texas high school football programs across the state, I think obviously they would prefer to have the stadiums filled. Mm -hmm. But I think that in their absence... I think that this was a way for them to recoup a little bit of those losses and to allow Texas high school football fans to be able to see the game without being there in person. The question now becomes, do you continue that into the future? Let's work under the assumption that in 2021, when the season rolls around in August, knock on wood, do your part, we're able to have full or close to full stadiums capacity in, 2020, in the 2021 season. Does the UIL then keep it, uh, lift it permanently is kind of the question. My vote, if I were to vote, it would be yes. I think that what we learned is that if folks have the opportunity to go to a game versus sitting at home and watching watching a broadcast, as good as some of these broadcasts are, like our friends at Texan Live, Right, And it's a variety of other places that have streamed games. If you have the opportunity to go to a game, I don't think you're going to pass that up to sit at home and watch it. And so I do not think that it is making any sort of real impact on the gate revenue. But I am certainly interested in other opinions on that matter. I think that it was a rousing success, and I think that the UIL should, should, should remove the ban permanently. That is my particular take on the matter. I will agree with you. I think that, one, you were absolutely correct when thinking that if grandma and we're, again, working under the, one, if we're going to work under the other assumption, I think that 2021, it should be extended regardless of of if they continue to do Mm -hmm. it after then. There's one. But two, um, I agree that I think that grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and aunt and uncle, they want to go to the game to watch the players on the field. The other part of that that I feel like you have no reason to worry about gate revenue is you've got to think, honestly, a big majority of that gate revenue comes from band parents or cheerleader parents or the dance team. Yeah, it's like, so I don't think that you have to worry anything about that, especially when it comes to band parents are crazy and they want to go to absolutely everything. So I don't think you're losing anything off of that. And I also feel like if they do keep it going and there are the people who want to stay at home and watch multiple streams and whatever, all that does is help to grow the sport of high school football even more than where it already is. Because you're getting now, especially last year, I know that like when college football or NFL football wasn't necessarily going on at the time or it was still up in this giant bubble of is it going to happen, is it not going to happen, people started to dive into 
high school football more and realize the fun in it and stuff. And they're like, well, look, if I can have a, a college football game going over here on a Saturday afternoon, you know, and do that. But then again, on a Friday night, it's like, why wait to watch football when you can start on Friday night? So go ahead and do it. I think it just grows the sport even more and is going to bring in people who then might want to go to a game and put in the revenue if they're not usually doing that. I, I'm going to look at it strictly from a recruiting perspective sure. here. You know, that's kind of what I do. Um, <laughs> what? Since when? We didn't know that. <laughs> I, I like the availability to watch the games in total as a recruiting evaluator right we get caught up on watching a lot of highlights and um, things of that nature but I think this gives the talent and not only in football other sports that would also take advantage of being streamed where you can watch their games as well for college coaches to evaluate you within a game setting and that was a huge um, thing that was taken away from recruiting this year is that college coaches were not able to travel and see these guys with their own two eyes play a game. So the only way that they could compensate for that was either watching a live stream, you know, and another also coaches have access to huddle where they can watch entire games not just your highlights. So they do have that access, but I thought the streams were a little bit more intriguing, a little bit more fun with some color commentary, broadcasters, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was a little bit more fun for me to watch that than just watching, you know, soundless games of or clips of games on huddle so I, I enjoyed it a little bit more I think the question is much more complicated than should you or should you not do it I, I'm almost of the opinion that we could take it to the ISDs I mean it may be great for one ISD to have live broadcasts of their games because they bring in more revenue that way whereas for another ISD it may cost them money mm-hmm. in fans and I don't think that every that question's easily answered statewide Right. So I think it could just be a much more complicated uh, answer or a much more complicated question, I guess. But I'm for I'm for live streaming of games and having the accessibility. I love that. That just seems to be in our um, society what mm-hmm. we're moving more towards that now. And it's not only in football. It's within movies and television. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just is the way we're trending. Well, and, and one other thing that I'll mention, and, and Pickle, you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to remember, in my opinion – that Texas high school football should be viewed as a brand. Mm -hmm. It should be viewed as a sport that, yes, obviously if you're watching the show or you're listening to the show, you probably have a favorite team, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's hard to think about, like, that team as part of the league. But, like, if you're a Cowboys fan, it is in your best interest for the NFL to do well because then the Cowboys will continue to play. They'll have an opportunity to go out there and... I guess supposedly, theoretically, make the playoffs and win games. Um, that was mean, but it's better for you if you are a an if you are a, a Houston Dynamo fan. It is in your best interest for the MLS to do better. And I think that if you're a Texas high school football fan of a specific team, it is in your best interest for the brand of high school football to get bigger, to get better, to get more popular, right? And as a result, I think that giving people the opportunity, especially not only within the state to view games on other parts of the state, not only that, but also people from outside of Texas Mm -hmm. to get an opportunity to view Texas high school football and to grow that brand that way. I think all of those are positives. And I think that 
Um, look, are there a couple of, are there some bad actors out there as far as, uh, streaming is concerned? Like, are, look, there are crooks in every business, right? Mm -hmm. There are crooks in every business. I think they are relatively few and far between in Texas high school football. And I think what you saw was largely successful in 2020. It's mm -hmm. never going to be perfect, but I think that largely successful as far as, uh, people doing it, doing right by schools and making sure they're able to broadcast away in, the, in a game in the way that they find acceptable. I think that price for the exposure that you can get as far as growing the sport of Texas high school football and growing interest in the sport, I think I think that is a, a price that you definitely, definitely pay. I agree with that. And I, I think one misconception out there is that this rule is in place to protect everything about what you're saying going to a game on Friday night. And the people who go out to these games, you know, if you attend 50 games in a season – Mm -hmm. you get to see a much more wide array than someone who's going to, to be attending one game or one set of games within their own city. And I think there is a misconception out there that all these ISDs have heavily attended games on Friday nights. There are some big ISDs out there, I think, that people would be surprised that the attendance just isn't that good. Mm -hmm. And would they make more money on the stream, and is that better for the, the school, the kids involved with the sports? Um, those are tough questions to answer, but I think that – there are schools out there, ISDs out there, that would benefit more from streaming than attendance. Yes, I that I definitely agree with. One other point, too, and Powers kind of brought this up. Obviously, some of these ISDs are using outsourced outsourced uh, people to be able to broadcast these games. But there are the some schools who started using their own broadcasting students out there. And hello, mm -hmm. previous broadcasting student here. I think that's awesome. Like, you can sit there and these kids get more experience and you get more of a community feel to get to come to these football games. And it turns into one of those things where it's not just the jocks wanting to go. It's it's the media kids, too. You've got all of that to come in and they get they get real life experience. And I think that's something the UIL is the you know governing body over over high school kids. And I feel like that's something that's a big positive for them, too. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think that overall, look, the UIL, I think, is going to look at it. I think that they were very clear in saying that this was a one-time thing in 2020. But I think that when they revisit it, I think the pros very much outweigh the cons as far as lifting that Friday night rule. And kudos to the UIL for making a sure. tough decision and making the right one this year. I no. mean, mm -hmm. clap them on think, that because that was a great decision that they made for I, this 2020 I, season. I entirely, entirely agree. So, uh those are some quick thoughts. Let us know in the comments uh, whether you think they should permanently list the UIL Friday Night Band. And now we go to Ashley Pickle from America's Second Favorite Segment. Final thoughts. Um, I mean, I can go with a, a comment that we got that we're biased because we bought Texan Live, and I'm going to completely disagree with that. I'm going to say no, that one. No, 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 it's, it's, <laughs> no, 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 and that's important. That's that's worth mentioning. Uh, it's it's worth mentioning that like you know, look, we you know we are in the streaming business, and I think that you know. Our, you should absolutely view, take what we're saying with a grain of salt because, yes, we stand to benefit from games being streamed on Friday nights. That is that, fair. That said, like, my salary doesn't increase. Well, let's play devil's you know, what, was, What's the know. devil's advocate side to the live? You know what I mean? Sure. What are the, what's the yeah. downside? I think I the idea is that, you know, I think the biggest argument, again, is that there is. Um, is that is that it would hurt the gate revenue. I think that if you're able to do that, then, then you would hurt the gate revenue and you wouldn't have as many people coming out there. And I just simply do not think that there is a, there is an, a substantive number of people who would choose sitting at home and watching the game 
over going to the game in person if they have that opportunity. That's just me. Yep. So, there you go. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending. Oh, I guess I should just tease tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, big things tomorrow. It's big guest Thursday. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by the head coach of the SMU Mustangs, Coach Sonny Dykes. will join us here on the show, so make sure you tune in for that. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks, Powers. We'll do it again next week. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Perhaps you pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Sunny Dykes joining us on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.